Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Talk Recorded live. Yes, folks, that was from the Woody Allen movie Sleeper from 1973, a little Dixieland jazz here to get us going here on a rare Tuesday night, January 25th, 2017, 1-25-17, ladies and gentlemen, and this is episode 61 of Wrestling Revisited, ladies and gentlemen, 1-724-444-7044, caller ID 139926-POUND, you can join us right now, we're going to be here for the next hour or so, taking you into our time machine once again, and tonight, ladies and gentlemen, being World Rumble Week, however, I want to bring in my sidekick, my outsider brother who has tonight's great moment. Let's bring him in now, Doc Brown himself, Gerard T. Smith. Gerard, what moment are we going to tonight? Well, we're going back in the time machine to January 24th, the same day as today, but we're going back to 1988. Yes. First Royal Rumble. Yes. Held at, in Canada at yes. the Cops Coliseum in Hamilton, Ontario. Yes. They had 18,000 in attendance. 
Yes, and of course, the WWE at the time, however, had just started a couple big brand new pay-per-views. Of course, WrestleMania had debuted about four years before this. Uh, Of course, the Survivor Series the year before. They were trying to expand it to make it three since the NWA Mid-Atlantic, however, had started doing their kind of shows like Clash of the Champions, Starcade, and of course... uh, they would later start on a year later, Halloween Havoc, but Starcade and, uh, of course, uh, Clash of the Champions were two of the things they were starting up with. Of course, they would not have another event that would start up until less than a year later, which turned out to be Halloween Havoc, but they were running neck and neck as far as pay-per-view events go, and, of course, how fitting, as you said, how it was 30 years ago t- this next year, actually 29 years ago tonight, to be exact, in your neck of the woods of Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, that we had the very first Royal Rumble, and actually it was not on pay-per-view. It was the only time that they would show this, ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, on free television, the USA Network. And, of course, it wouldn't be until the following year that people would actually have a chance to see it on pay-per-view. But, of course, it was the person that actually who thought of this was none other than former WWF IC champion and fellow Vince McMahon stooge, the great Pat Patterson, if you will. He actually thought of this, however, and actually it turned out to be, instead of 30 guys in the Rumble, it turned out to be 20 guys. The 30-man format would follow a year after this, but at the time he would actually be the person that would name 20 people that would uh, actually be a consistent part of this. And if that's not all, ladies and gentlemen, at one time, however, believe it or not, they tried to do this the year before in St. Louis, Missouri, however, believe it or not, as I'm reading the information here, however, mind you. At the time, one man gang won the match, of course, the year before in October, by last eliminating the Junkyard Dog. But because the event was a failure, however, they decided to put this, however, on the back burner for a few months. And then finally, in January of 1988, Vince McMahon went up to Pat Patterson and said, hey, I got an idea. Why don't we try doing this, however? Even though it had not worked a few months before, we're going to try it anyway and see what it goes. Now, Vince was adamant against this, and he was thinking, hmm, this may or may not work, but let's give it a try anyway. And if it works, it works. Well, surprisingly, it did work on this night, and we'll tell you who was on this event, however, as we had Vince and Jesse calling the action, of course, along with Greg DeGeorge, Bean Gene Oakland, of course, as you know, we had also Howard the Fink Finkel calling the ring action from ringside as the very special ring announcer. And our referee, so this one was very unique. We had the Hebner brothers, Dave and Earl, as well as Jimmy Corderas, and of course, Gorilla Monsoon's late son, the great Joey Morales. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, let us tell you what happened on this show. So Gerard, go right ahead. Ricky Steamboat defeated Rick Rude by disqualification in a singles match, 16 minutes and 40 seconds. Yes, and of course, uh, these two have had history, we know, in the past, however. I mean, they uh, did some work together back in the old NWA slash WCW Beach Blast 92 in the 30-minute Ironman match. This was one of their few encounters here that they would have in WWE. Steamboat, of course, would be off to the WCW about several months later. Rick Root, of course, would stay in the WWE for a little longer, for a couple more years before selling himself out to go to WCW in 1991. Uh, as a result, Ricky Steamboat, of course, uh, returned, as we said, back to Mid-Atlantic, of course, formerly Mid-Atlantic, I should say, now known as WCW, which had sold its name of the National Wrestling Alliance to Ted Turner. Uh, your thoughts about this one? I thought this was a great matchup. Yes. And talking about two Hall of Famers, of course, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat is in the Hall of Fame, as you know, and of course, we just found out earlier this year, in fact, coming up this year, believe it or not, finally the man, however, who was Known to be, well, rude to certain people, however, mind you, no pun intended, however, is going into the Hall of Fame, and that is the great 
late Rick Root, whose tragedy, unfortunately, we lost in 1999. However, he was making a comeback to the WWE, however, tragically, at the age of 40, believe it or not. He was 40 years old, of course, when he passed away suddenly in April of 1999. Next up, uh, what do we got? The Jumping Bomb Angels, Norio Pento. Yes. Itsuki Yamazaki. Okay. Of your Japanese. Those Chinese names get me. uh, Yes, those Japanese names get us all. They get. uh, Teidano and Yamazaki, shall we say? Yes. All right. Uh, Defeated the Gilmore Girls, Judy Martin and Lania Kai. Yes. With Jimmy Hart. This is a two or three falls match for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. It was 15 minutes and 21 seconds. Yes, and talking about the Glamour Girls, I mean, Luana Kai, of course, as you know, was in the very first WrestleMania back in the day, of course, being managed by her uh, protege, if you will, the late, great Lillian Ellison, better known to you all as the fabulous Moolah, or as Cindy Lauper used to call her back in WrestleMania, the fabulous Shmula, if you will. Uh, Judy Borden, of course, uh, having the history also in the WWE at one time, becoming a champion in her own right. These two, of course, uh, would feud and uh, team up with... Uh, the fabulous Moolah and also other wrestlers, including not only Wendy Richter and Moolah, but other wrestlers, including Donna Christianello, among others, of course. Uh, Jimmy Hart surprisingly making an impact here by managing two females here when he wasn't managing his two guys, the Hart Foundation, and later on the Nasty Boys, if you will, here, believe it or not. Uh, your thoughts about this one? Uh, I thought it was very interesting. Yes. And, of course, as we mentioned, Lonnie Kai, of course, uh, was from Hawaii. Uh, she, of course, is a very, very big name, of course, in the world of wrestling. Uh, better known as Patty Seymour by her real name. She made her pro debut at the age of 15, believe it or not. And, actually, uh, she got her name early on as the Hawaiian Princess and was actually, like I said, believe it or not, however, like I said, trained by Mula and originally from built from Hawaii, but uh, she was born in Tampa. She now lives in Osceola, Florida, the last we heard. Uh, she uh, also, believe it or not, owns a wrestling school, I think, now down there in Florida. And at one point, we understand, she also was trained with the Nunchucks, believe it or not. And she, of course, made a brief comeback to the WWE in the mid-'90s, of course, to challenge Medusa at a women's championship matchup. She also wrestled in WCW for a brief time under the name Patty Stonegrinder, usually fighting against Medusa, but unfortunately, she wouldn't last very long. Uh, looking at her other biographies, however, let's just say, uh, she appeared in a match a couple of years ago, let's just say, on West Coast Wrestling Connection, slapping Kyle Sunfoot, allegedly implying that she was an old, old, excuse me, allegedly implying that she was old. The following week, she was set to face Sun in a match. After refusing to participate, she forced her then-manager, Johnny Fairplay, yes, Johnny from Survivor, if you will, however, uh, John Dalton, if you will, however, who uh, appeared on the old TV show Survivor Pearl Island, started to take her place. As a result, Sun won the match by DQ, of course, however, after Kai entered the ring and attacked her before referees yanked her off. Uh, recently, of course, in fact, yesterday was her birthday, believe it or not, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen. She turned 57 years old, so happy birthday to former women's champion Lanane Kai. And, of course, Judy Martin, as you know, at one time, of course, uh, 
was also trained by the fabulous Mula and Lalani Kai. She made her pro debut force in the late 70s by teaming up with uh, also not only Mula and Lalani Kai, she also teamed up with Joyce, Joyce Grapel. Now, in 1981, she competed in the WWE, of course, originally partnering, partnering with Candy Malloy and also Donya Christian. Now, as I mentioned, at one point, she challenged Wendy Richter for the title, believe it or not, however, but became unsuccessful. She then, of course, also made a brief comeback, however, believe it or not, as uh, Rock and Rob. She also fought Rock and Robin at the Royal Rumble a year after this, and she continued to change, chase after Robin for six months, however, before her heading off to the AWA. Now, the last we heard of her, however, she uh, appeared in one final matchup, of course, that was in late 1991 with WCW, and as a result, shortly thereafter, she decided to hang up uh, her boots, however, and decided to become a police officer or excuse me, not a police officer. She, well, she worked in law enforcement, I should say, excuse me, and she transcribed medical records. So uh, recently she turned 61 uh, this past last year, and she lives now in Columbia, South Carolina. So some very interesting stats there for you as far as Judy Martin and Lalani Kai go. All right, what do we got next? Uh, Jim Duggan won the 20-man Royal Rumble match by eliminating one man gang, and I'll go down the whole list. Please do. After I say the the next match. All right. Uh, well, well, actually, why don't you do that right now? We got time. Okay. Um. All right. Uh. Draw number one was Bret Hart. Oh no. Yes. Uh. I'll just. We don't need. I'll just say the name of the guy and. The, okay. Yes. Who he was eliminated by. That's fine. Uh, Bret Hart. Well, it says draw one and then order eight. Is that when he come in? I think. Uh, uh, no, I think. I, I, I'm guessing. I, I think that's how it worked. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not really sure. But go on. When just, the guy came in and who he was eliminated. That's fine. By. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Okay. Bret Hart came in. Uh, he was eliminated by Don Morocco. Yes. Tito Santana. Yes. Bret Hart and Jim the Animal Nineheart. Yes. Butch Reed was yep. eliminated by Jake Roberts. Yes. Jim the uh Jim Neinhart was eliminated by Hillbilly Jim. Yep. Jake Roberts was eliminated by one man gang. Yes. Harley Race was eliminated by Don Morocco. Yes. Jim Brazier was eliminated by Nikolai Volkov. Yep, jumping Jim from the Killer Bees. I do remember that. Yep. And our buddy there, Sam Houston, he was yes. eliminated by Ron Bass. Yep. Danny Davis, he was eliminated by Jim Duggan. Yeah, how funny is it Danny Davis, who was suspended as a referee for life, how supposedly by then-President Jack Tunney, decided to uh, continue on in his wrestling career. Even though he was a fair, okay wrestler at times, I know he had some training down there in, I think, the Memphis Territory, I think, and some other places. He just never really was all that great in the ring, I thought. As an official, he was sort of like one of the few heelish crooked referees, if you will, as we best know him as. We have Boris Zukov. Zukov, yes. Zukov, okay. Boris Zukov was eliminated by Jim, uh, Jim, Jake Roberts and Jim Brazel. That's what messed yes, me up. Yes, Jim Brazel, yes. <laughs> Don Morocco, he was eliminated by Dino Bravo and the One Man Gang. Yes. Nikolai Volkov was eliminated by Jim Duggan. Yes. Uh, Ron Bass was eliminated by Don Morocco. Yes. Now, these three guys 
We're all yes. eliminated by one man gang. B. Brian Blair, Hibbler yep. Jim, and Dino Bravo. Yes. The Ultimate Warrior, Dino Bravo, and the one man gang. Yes. One man gang, we know Jim Duggan eliminated him. And Junkyard Dog, Ron Bass, eliminated him. Yes, and looking at the stats here, how One Man Gang actually held the record for the most eliminations in the Rumble with six, and Bret Hart was the first ever entry in the Rumble itself, however, mind you, and lasted less than five minutes, came up on five eight minutes short of uh, joining Hacksaw Jim Duggan, but he was the second longest in the Rumble. Unfortunately, he did not win it. Hacksaw Jim Duggan did somehow become the sole survivor by drawing number 13 into the Rumble itself and becoming the sole survivor. Your thoughts about this one? I'd have to say this one's a pretty good rumble. Yes. Yes, I would agree there. I would definitely agree there. And, of course, uh, oddly enough, however, the Royal Rumble would set a record for the highest-viewed wrestling program on cable TV at the time with an 8.2 rating, believe it or not. And, of course, a few weeks after that, we would have some controversy that would, uh, well, become very, very interesting. And we'll talk more about that here in just a few minutes with the aftermath, however. And also, we'll talk about our final ratings for this particular show before we get into talking about Last night's very exciting go-home show for the Royal Rumble, live from the city by the Lake Cleveland, Ohio, which was a very interesting night last night at the home of LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Big Q, Quick and Loans Arena. Here we go. One more match to announce. Yes. The Islanders, Haku and Tama, Tama? Tama. Tama. Defeated the Young Stallions, Paul Roma and Jim Powers, two to three falls match, 14 minutes. Yes, and of course, uh, Tama, of course, was also known as the Tonga Kid, believe it or not, and was the youngest person ever to any main event, uh, uh, believe it or not. However, he was actually built as the cousin at one time of Superfly, the late great Jimmy Snuka, who we lost a week ago. And of course, he also feuded with Roddy Piper, Snuka's longtime rival. He also, believe it or not, teamed up with Tonga. Fafida, uh, who was also under the name King Tonga, who later would uh, change his name to Haku as a result. However, mind you, uh, he would also join up with WCW and adopt the name the Samoan Savage, believe it or not. However, he was a big guy in his own right, six foot tall, 345. Uh, last we heard, of course, uh, he competed on the independent scene about several years ago, however, and somewhere, however, and also appeared, believe it or not, as the Tonga Kid, however, when he was involved, however, in the movie's Highlander, where he was involved in a six-man tag team match with Greg Gagne and Jim Brunzel against the Fabulous Freebirds at the Garden, and was also known as Tonga Tom in the 1987 box office bomb body slam that started Roddy Piper and Dirk Benedict. Also, ladies and gentlemen, he's a famous member of the Hanoi family, as he's the twin uh, brother of... Head Shrinker Fatu, a.k.a. Rikishi. He also, believe it or not, is the older brother of uh, the late Umaga and is the nephew of Sika and Afa. And his cousins include Yokozuna, Samu Head Shrinker, uh, Rosie, Roman Reigns, The Black Pearl, Manu, L.A. Smooth, and The Rock. So, as we said before, guys, the Samoans are very much of a savage. They can be savages at times, but they can also be some of the nicest people you're going to talk to. And uh, this guy comes from a great wrestling family tree, to say the least, however. And like I said, he was the youngest guy ever back in 1984. I think it was in late 84. It was early 85. He actually headlined a Madison Square Garden show against uh, 
believe it or not, Roddy Piper at the age of 19. So he had quite a career with him. And like I said, he would go on to WCW for a brief year or so. And then, of course, he would try to uh, stay in uh, wrestling by joining up with a group called the Universal Wrestling Association. And as a result, him and his uh, brother and his cousin, known as the great Yokozuna, well, who was Yokozuna, but then known as the great Kokina, were built as the Hawaiian Beast. And they won the UWA World Trios Championship back in April of 1991. Sad to say they would only hold the title for a month, however, before dropping it back uh, to the people that they lost it to. So uh, quite an interesting family tree, to say the least, involving uh, the uh, Mighty Fatu, if you will, however. And, of course, we all know about Ming. Uh, your thoughts about this one? I thought it was a very good match. Yes, I would agree there. I would definitely agree there. And, of course, the Islanders at one time were also managed by Bobby the Brain Heenan. The Young Stallions, as we mentioned, of course, Paul Roma and Jim Powers, you mentioned, uh, they competed for only a few years. Of course, Paul Roma, as you know, at one time a member of the Four Horsemen, supposedly. Uh, he always found a way to embarrass himself, it seemed like, outside of the ring by ripping apart anyone and anyone, including Ric Flair and Arn Anderson. Uh, he called himself, I mean, everyone called him a gym rat, if you will. In fact, he'll be 57 years old. This year, he actually also, outside of wrestling at one time, believe it or not, tried to get involved with boxing, believe it or not, but unfortunately that never happened to be a big success. And as a result, despite the fact, however, he uh, only had three fights, however, and uh, out of all these fights, however, uh, in his debut, he lost by TK in the first round when his trainer threw in the towel. Uh, The second time, however, uh, he would defeat a guy, he would uh, defeat these I forget these guys how are, and uh, I forget what their names were. But anyway, he would also appear on the Australian TV game show Perfect Match, a show based on the dating game. Uh, last we heard, however, uh, believe it or not, however, he runs a wrestling training school in East Haven, Connecticut, and also regularly visits and speaks to children in St. Jude's Hospital. So that's really good to see. Uh, East Haven, of course, is a town in New Haven, Connecticut, located about... 55 miles from Hartford, about 80 miles from New York City, and about an hour and a half to two hours away from Providence in Boston. So that's where uh, Paul Roma, the so-called Jim Rat, is living now. Jim Powers, on the other hand, uh, talking about Jim Powers, his career, unfortunately, was uh, never the same after this, unfortunately. Uh, we'll talk about him in just a second. Uh, but a quick reminder, you know, don't forget, coming up tonight at 9 o'clock, Gerard T. Smith and I will have your latest news and uh, updates for you. And, of course, Sean Gross will have your uh birthdays and dates, and also we'll be recapping what was an exciting last night of Monday Night Raw Live from Cleveland, Ohio. And also, ladies and gentlemen, we want to congratulate our first two Hall of Famers from the 2017 class, my cousin, the franchise, Dandy Girolamo, and of course, Fonzie, the heartbreak kid, who yesterday, as Mr. WCW said on Raw Radio, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to thank him and also King NWO George T. Smith for naming these two gentlemen to this year's class, as they are the first two members of our 2017 class. So, gentlemen, congratulations to both of them, however, of going into this year's uh, Hall of Fame classes. They are the first two recipients of the 2017 class. And uh, getting back to what I was saying now about Jim Powers, folks, um, he started competing in the late 80s, however, when Big John Steidhauer had a role part in training him, believe it or not. Uh, he just turned 59 about three weeks ago. He's 5'11", 235. He Retired six years ago from wrestling. He did compete in WCW for a brief time, however, but unfortunately he would leave in 1999. Uh, last we heard, of course, uh, about three years ago, he was hospitalized and had two hip surgeries. And then 
Late last year, early this year, however, he was named part of a class action lawsuit filed against WWE, which alleged that wrestlers incurred traumatic brain injuries, TBI, during their tenure in their company, concealed the risks of injury. The suit, of course, was litigated uh, by some uh, attorney by the name of Constantine Kairos, of course, who's also been involved with a number of lawsuits, other lawsuits against WWE. Uh, as we said, folks, this guy has had a very, very unique career, of course. He would leave sad to say, however, with the company, however, as I said, with WWE, uh, in late 1994, early 95, he would then work, however, for only about a couple weeks with ECW, however, in trying to get his uh, career uh, saved, if you will, and then went on to WCW, with, if you will, and then, of course, he would uh, compete in WCW off and on, mostly on Saturday night, TBS Saturday night, and also worldwide for the next few years before finally hanging it up in early 1999. So there you go. Um, some other uh, news real quick uh, to note, however, as far as this Royal Rumble uh, is noted, however, ladies and gentlemen, a few weeks later, Hulk Hogan and Andre Giant will battle in a rematch for the WWE title on February 5th at the main event, however, where uh, Ho- where Hogan apparently lost the title. Of course, this happened in, uh, where was this, uh, Market Square Arena, if you will, however, in the semi-main event, however, due to the fact, however, that referee Earl Hebner, however, supposedly, however, made the count, but then was confused with his twin brother, Dave. Uh, shortly thereafter, Andre sold the title to Ted DiBiase in exchange for a large sum of money, and figurehead Jack Tunney did not find this amusing, did not find this funny at all. As a result, Andre the Giant, after less than uh, a couple minutes after winning the title, was stripped of the title, and shortly thereafter, an undisputed tournament, however, would start however, setting up the big match, however, for WrestleMania four a month later, or a couple months later, where Randy Savage with DiBiase would face Ted DiBiase in the final matchup to become the new title holder, despite the fact that Hulk Hogan earlier in the night, ladies and gentlemen, however, uh, was disqualified along with Andre the Giant in their matchup power in the tournament. However, Andre tried to help his new friend Ted DiBiase get the belt back in their camp. It was not to be. However, Savage, along with Hulk Hogan, his longtime rival and soon-to-be mega maniac friend for a little while, along with Savage's lovely wife and former valet, the beautiful, lovely first lady of wrestling, Miss Elizabeth, would be celebrating the night away and denying Andre and company the title, and as a result, they would uh, take away uh, DiBiase's chances here of winning the belt. So there you go. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, I would have to give this show about a 6 out of 10, near 6.5. Gerard, what would you give it? i give it a 7. you give it a 7, so you're just going a little bit higher than me. Okay. Okay, that's fine. No problem, no problem. All right, thank you very much, Gerard. And again, a great moment there, ladies and gentlemen. Speaking of the Royal Rumble, ladies and gentlemen, this Sunday afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, beginning at 5 p.m., join Gerard, myself, and the rest of the gang as we will set you up hopefully at 5 o'clock for what should be an exciting hour-long edition of the pre-show. However, join us, however, for our own pre-show here on TalkShoe, 138055-POUND, unless the time is going to be switched, but we don't know if that's going to be switched yet or not, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be keeping you up to date with that. But this Sunday, however, the Royal Rumble pre-show will be commenced here on TalkShoe, ladies and gentlemen, with the gang. And, of course, who knows, a few bets might be made as well. And then this Saturday night, beginning at 8 p.m., join 
Tom Phillips and Corey Graves are here on Talks You. Yes, folks, we are going to be giving you our version of TakeOver, if you will, however, as Gerard and I will be updating you throughout the night and keeping you up to date for all you NXT buffs out there as the big matchup will be commencing live on the WWE Network Live from the Freeman Coliseum in San Antonio, Texas, if you will. But this Saturday night on Talks You begin at 8 p.m., 138982-pound at 8 o'clock. Join Gerard and myself and whoever else wants to come on the line, however, the numbers are the same, however, as we will be giving you our predictions and also, ladies and gentlemen, our takeover thoughts of each match into detail, of course, as it should be a very exciting night, however, of action. And it'll be hopefully a glorious night, no pun intended, if you will, here on Talk Shoe, as the big matchup will be consisting of Shinsei Nakamura. Yes, folks, Shinsake Nakamura, the NXT World Champion, the two-time champion, if you will, the King of Strong Style, if you will, taking on Mr. Glorious Bobby Roode for the NXT title in the main event. Also, we got a great fatal four-way involving Asuka, the Japanese female fighting warrior, taking on Payne Royce, Billy Kay, and yes, Nikki Cross. Also in action, we will have for you... DIY, Johnny Gargano, Thomas Cio Schiappa putting their titles on the line in what could be their toughest title defense to date against the Authors of Pain. And I think it could be a painful night for DIY maybe this coming Saturday night, but you never know. We'll have to wait and see how that all works out. Also, ladies and gentlemen, it will be Eric Young taking on the Perfect Ten, Ty Dillinger. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, it will be Roderick Strong taking on Andrea Cien Almas, one-on-one. So, yes, folks, we got five great matches for you. Who knows? We might have another match or two thrown on the card during the pre-show or during the show itself. We are definitely going to keep you up to date this Saturday night, ladies and gentlemen, with TakeOver. And, of course, Gerard and I will be calling all the action from ringside, from our respectable uh, areas, however, but we'll also be uh, keeping an eye on the big show itself and updating you throughout the show, however, as far as Saturday night goes. And that's just going to be a very good show this Saturday night. Now, as you know, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, SmackDown will be commencing here in about 35 minutes, live from the Huntington Center in Toledo, Ohio. Earlier today, I had a chance to see what happened before uh, the cameras uh, picked this up. Power earlier today, Nikki Bell was attacked by Natalia in the parking lot, we understand, at the arena. We understand that those two could be coming to blows tonight. We understand that Mickey James has a segment set up for tonight after what happened last week in which she helped her new friend, Alexa Bliss, retain the WWE SmackDown Women's title after defeating my girl, Becky Lynch, the Irish last kicker. Uh, mind you, last Tuesday night in Memphis, Tennessee, there at the FedEx Forum in the home of the King, Jerry Lawler. We have not heard yet if Jerry, the King Lawler, or Dolph Ziggler will be coming to blows tonight in Toledo, but also we do know that the King this Sunday will be returning to the headset, however, as far as pay-per-view goes, however, and he will be calling the action with Corey Graves and Michael Cole this Sunday in the Alamo Dome, and it should be a very, very exciting show there this coming Sunday at the Royal Rumble. And speaking of the Rumble, ladies and gentlemen, of course, there were two more matches added to this week's uh, Royal Rumble, if you will, as they were announced last night on Monday Night Raw Live from Cleveland. First off, in the pre-show, it'll be Gerard's boys, the club, Gallows and Anderson, taking on Sheamus and Cesaro. But this time, however, there's going to be a little twist. There will be not one, but two. Yes, folks, two referees at ringside to see who gets the pin and who gets the win. That being said, could the club leave San Antonio with the gold finally, or does Sheamus and Cesaro find a way to hold on to it just a little longer? We're going to have to wait and see. And also, ladies and gentlemen, a few that has been brewing now for the last couple of weeks, however, it will be the legitimate boss. No, not our boss, Mr. W.W. Chad Hinshaw from Trinity, North Carolina, the other boss, if you will, Sasha Banks, taking on the mean monster herself, who really over the last few weeks has shown a little bit more of a vengeful side than ever before, however. Yes, folks, the monster herself, Nia Jax, will be taking on the boss, Sasha Banks, 
in what should be truly a very, very interesting one-on-one encounter. Now, we're going to talk about last night's Monday Night Raw here for a little bit, Howard. I'm going to get Gerard's thoughts here as we kick it into him right now. Gerard, last night was quite a night in Cleveland. What were your thoughts last night? Well, um, I'd have to say it was pretty interesting. Uh, Yes. uh, I guess uh, the Triple H, uh, Seth Rollins' feud goes on. Uh, Mm -hmm. Last night he was fighting Sami Zayn to get into the Rumble. And uh, if he lost, he could not enter the Rumble, and Triple H music's hit. Yes. And uh, Sammy got the win, so... And then everybody, at by the end there, joined the Rumble. Rusev, Titus, uh, uh, I don't know who else, but... Uh, yes. And uh, my boy won, Luke Gallows. Yes. Yes, he did, and he, he looked pretty good last night. Of course, uh, this after what happened earlier in the night when Sheamus took, tried to rough him up, however, and chase him to the back. He came back, however, and uh, somehow Anderson helped his buddy there pick up the win. And like I told you on Facebook last night on, uh, and offline as well, I think uh, that right now the tag champs could be in a little, little bit of trouble heading into Sunday. I think they could be in for a little bit of a surprise here maybe this coming Sunday. We'll have to wait and see, obviously, what goes down. But... Uh, you did mention, of course, uh, Sammy and Shane, uh, Seth Rollins last night. Very interesting match. Probably one of the better matches of the night. Unfortunately, Triple H uh, had his theme music flare out in the arena, of course. The rules were simple. Sammy did not win his matchup power. He could not take a part in uh, the Royal Rumble itself. But if Seth lost, however, and Sammy won, he would take Seth's spot in the Rumble. And, of course, we saw what happened towards the end of uh, that. However, it was very intense, if you will. Uh, overall, however, another thing that caught my eye, however, last night, however, obviously, was what went down involving, uh, the end of last night, however, involving Goldberg, Lesnar, and, uh, of course, uh, The Undertaker. Of course, we heard that, uh, Goldberg was having a tough time stumbling over his lines, if you will, uh, mind you. In fact, he cut his head open, too, believe it or not, and he, uh, really was having a tough time speaking, it seemed like, because, uh, the fans were chanting his name over and over again, but I also heard, however, he was not really just, I don't know if it was maybe the uh, concussion talking or what, but uh, he just seemed really amped for last night's show. Uh, your thoughts about that? Yeah, um, I've seen the blood flowing down his face every five seconds, and uh, maybe he was just overwhelmed uh, because they kept ch- chanting his name, and he couldn't get a word out because every time he tried to talk, they chanted his name. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Him, Brock Lesnar, and uh, Undertaker at the end. Um, they didn't yeah. go to blows. They didn't fight. They just stood there and stared at each other because usually we'd get the old brawl and mm-hmm. um, uh, something different. Yes, oh, I would agree. I would definitely agree. And like you, like you said, I mean, they didn't touch each other. They didn't even flinch with each other. They just stood there as like, uh, like an old, uh, old type of uh, West shootout at the OK Corral, if you will. I mean, these guys were just coming, like standing each other. I mean, especially when uh, after Goldberg started speaking, how and the fans were all over him. How then comes Paul Heyman and does his little spiel. And once Paul Heyman came out, you could just tell that the fans were ready to just either heel on him or just they knew that something was coming. They just didn't know what was coming. But uh, Michael Cole's like, is he here? Is he here? Are you serious? And then as soon as he came out, how after he called out Goldberg and called him uh, 
punk-ass bitch, in his words, however. I was thinking right then and there, those two are just going to get it on right here and right now. Next thing you know, you hear the gong go off, and the lights go on. I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm thinking, no way is he here. No one said anything all week online. No one said anything during the day. He can't be here. And sure enough, uh, the lights went off for a couple seconds. Next thing you know, the lights come back on, and sure enough, there he is right there in the center of the ring. And all of a sudden, you hear the fans start chanting, holy shit, holy shit. I mean, I was marking like crazy myself, and I'm like, no way. you got three big bulls in the ring right now. This is going to get really interesting suddenly. And like you said, they didn't touch each other, which I thought was a smart move, and I believe, and I think it was a smart move. But like I said, it just was crazy. I mean, it was absolutely crazy. I mean, I'm surprised they ended it right there because they could have gone on another five minutes with this. I mean, personally, I think what really hurt them was um, – that the whole thing with uh, Cedric Alexander and uh, who is it? Cedric Alexander and uh, freaking uh, Noam Dar. Yeah, Noam Dar and Alicia went on way too much. I mean, that went on way, way too long. I think, and they overkilled it big time. I mean, they could have taken that segment out right there, and they could have continued on with that whole thing involving, uh, like I said, the um, affair and dealing with uh, these three. However and gone another five, ten minutes with it, I think they would have done something with it. But nevertheless, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, folks, the ratings were good this week. Apparently, they went up once again. Uh, just incredible. I don't know how they're doing it the last few weeks, like four or five weeks, but they are doing something right, apparently. Uh, the last uh, little bit, they have just brought up the ratings. And once again, last night, they went up to a 2-3, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen. A 2.3 last night was your rating last night. So for the fourth or fifth week in a row, I believe, I think it was the fifth week in a row now, the ratings continue to stay above the 2-0 range and getting higher. I mean, I don't know. Uh, if they finally found some writers that can write decent TV, or if they're just uh, catching lightning in a bottle here the last several weeks, however. But I'll tell you what, right now, even though sometimes it's still the same old, same old, however, and they're writing, uh, doing the same old thing at times, however, they're starting to spike up the reins a little bit, heading into uh, the first part of the new year, and they needed that. I mean, I said this about three or four months ago, that they need to shake up the reins. They need to do some changes here. Well, I think right now you can say that over the past uh, four or five weeks, however, I think they're definitely starting to pick up the ratings again and getting people to watch. So I don't know how long this is going to last. I mean, I don't know if they're going to be able to continue to be able to catch lightning in a bottle here for the next few months heading into WrestleMania beyond after this Sunday, however, heading into the next few months, however. But we'll have to wait and see. But right now they're off to a pretty good start in 2016. I said the wrong year. 2017, I said 26, I meant to say 2017. Speaking of cruiserweights, however, uh, we understand how there's some other news going on. How I don't know if you heard Gerard or not, and I kind of mentioned a little bit, uh, I actually kind of mentioned a little bit yesterday on Raw Radio. I know you can make it to a prior obligation, but I've heard reports saying that 205 Live right now is in big trouble. I mean, people aren't watching. I don't know why they're not watching. I think it's a shame. Uh, your thoughts about this? It would be a shame if they canceled that show. I'll be right back in one sec. Okay, no problem. And yes, I agree with you. It would be a shame because, I mean, you've got cruiserweights out there from all over the world. England, Scotland, uh, Germany, Canada, USA, Mexico, Japan, uh, the and other places, you know. And I think right now you have to keep this show on. I mean, as I've said before, folks, if you're having a tough time with the show and 
Even John Gross, my colleague, the human suplex machine said, and even Gerard has said it too over the last few weeks, Howard. If you're having a tough time getting people to watch that show, Howard, just move the show to Monday nights. You know, put it on, like, say, at 7 o'clock till like 7.45 or 8 o'clock, however, before Raw, however. Do it like that type of warm-up show leading into Raw and give some fans reason to cheer. Otherwise, however, just put it on another night or put it on a different night, like say maybe after SmackDown Live, however, on free TV like USA, like 10 o'clock, 10.30 to 11 or 11.30 if you can still get people to watch. And if not, put it on before SmackDown, you know, like 7 o'clock on Tuesday nights. Because right now, I mean, you're having a tough time people having people watch this. I mean, tonight, like I said, your main event, however, tonight's show, which is going to be live after the show tonight. What is it, you ask? Well, it's going to be Cedric Alexander taking on the king of the cruiserweights, the man who has had a very serious attitude change in more ways than one. And has actually done pretty well with his new attitude, i got to say, too. The former NXT world champion, the high-flying sensation, the man with the red arrow, if you will, Mr. Neville, if you will. So that being said, folks, like I said, if you're going to shake it up, however, and want to make it a decent show, however, either get it off the network and put it on free TV, or at least do it before one of your main shows, whether it be Raw or SmackDown, on Monday or Tuesday before the show commences. If you don't, however, you're just going to continue to get bad ratings time after time after time, and you're going to continue to whine after whine after whine. So we'll see, folks. But like I said, tonight, folks, it should be a very interesting show coming up after uh, SmackDown. Of course, of course, in case you're wondering what tonight's main event is, as I did mention just a few moments ago, ladies and gentlemen, I'll mention it one more time. It will be the king of the cruiserweights and the man who I think will actually take away the world's cruiserweight title from Mr. Rich Swan this coming week, ladies and gentlemen. None other than uh, the high-flying sensation, the man with a new attitude, the boot, however, Mr. Neville, if you will, taking on, uh, of course, excuse me, the uh, high-flying sensation, Mr. Neville, if you will. Uh, so that being said, folks, uh, you definitely want to stay tuned as far as that goes, ladies and gentlemen. Coming up, uh, believe it or not, later on tonight, however, officially, as it will be a very interesting uh, night of action, if you will. Now, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, this coming Thursday, however, Gerard T. Smith and I will be back again, of course, with a very special edition of Top Peel, Inc., of course. The caller ID is 140562, and that will be getting underway at 7 o'clock this coming Thursday night, ladies and gentlemen. It should be a very exciting show. And then, of course, tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, we will have a triple stacker for you beginning at 6.30. The fun begins at with Outside the Rose, Mr. WCW, Chad Hinshaw, and myself, will have your latest uh, non-wrestling news. Uh, that includes music, politics, and some Oscar news. Yes, folks, the Academy Award nominations were announced today, and I can say that right now, Oscar season is definitely heating up with a month to go, Howard. And so far, some of the movies that are being uh, considered as heavy favorites to win a ton of statues in the next month or so include the following. Fences, La La Land, Manchester by the Sea, and, of course, uh, Arrival. So, folks, we're going to give you our early Oscar predictions maybe tomorrow night, who knows, or the next couple of weeks on Outside the Ropes. You want to stay tuned to that. The caller ID is 141387. Then it, Okay, welcome back. And then at 8 o'clock, ladies and gentlemen, I will continue on real quick before we get back into more discussion here on uh, Wrestling Revisited. Join Gerard and myself. <coughs> Sorry about that. Something in my throat there. I'm okay now. Uh, we will talk uh, about who knows what on uh, wrestling debate tomorrow night. Of course, the caller ID is one three nine nine two five pound. Of course, that'll begin underway at eight o'clock, and then we'll be back on the air again at nine o'clock with your SmackDown recap and some more Royal Rumble talk as well as uh, 
Hall of Fame news, if you will, and who knows what else will be on the table on Revolution. The caller ID is one three eight zero five five pounds. So, folks, the next couple nights, however, and the rest of the week looks pretty good. Of course, also we'll have Wolfpack Radio for you this Thursday night at 9 p.m. The caller ID is one three eight five two one pound. You want to check that out. And then on Friday night, of course, we'll close out the week in style, however, with the final nominations as far as the Hall of Fame goes. But uh, so far, we've already got the first two members of this year's class in. The 2017 Hall of Fame class is looking pretty good so far, if you will. As you know, ladies and gentlemen, we will definitely be uh, keeping you um, up to date with that. Uh, we will tell you, folks, of course, who uh, we think uh, will be the next uh, members of the Hall of Fame class. Of course, we will definitely be watching the uh, wire tonight, if you will, and let you know who is going to be our next uh, members of the class, if you will, and who knows what will be uh, uh, who will be in our class, let's just say. But it will be very interesting to tell you. Are you talking who... about the WCWS Hall of Fame? Or... Yes, I am. I'm talking about okay, the... Okay, yeah, there will be another one announced tonight. Yes. Uh, tomorrow... Thursday, and then Friday. Yes, we're going to announce uh, celebrity ones. Oh, okay. So Friday. Ones. Okay, so there you go, folks. Uh, Gerard has confirmed it to us now, folks. There will be a celebrity now added to the uh, member of the class. Uh, two celebrity in the two celebrity cele- wing on Friday. Two, I can't say who it is, but I just I'll tell you that. So there'll be one tonight, one yes. tomorrow, yes. one on Thursday. So this is a WCW U.S. Hall of Fame week. Yes. And then Friday we're going to have, we're going to put two celebrities in there, like celebrity, yes. I don't know, I guess Chad didn't mention it. No, I didn't hear about the uh, celebrity portion. I didn't know about the other me- the other days that we're uh, going to be doing it, but uh, like I said, folks, we are definitely going to be Don't watching. say nothing because let Chad maybe say Oh, I won't. Yeah, I will just say, well, folks, I'm not going to mention who it is. So that's yeah, I have, I don't know who it is either. But like I said, folks, uh, stay tuned, folks. We're going to keep you up to date throughout the rest of the week. Of course, as we said tonight, we'll have another member listed tomorrow night as well, as well as Thursday, and then Friday, ladies and gentlemen, a double header for you, as two celebrities go into our wing. We don't know who they are yet, and we're not saying who they are yet, but uh, we'll let you know who it is. As Mr. WCW will let us know who that is later Gotta on. Got to tune in Thursday, though, JD. I think you're going to like who we put in. Ooh, okay. Thursday's going to be a good one, too, folks. So there we go. Another big early plug by King NWO Gerard T. Smith. Thank you very much, Sir Gerard. Yes, I'm sure I will like who's going on Thursday. So we will definitely be watching that, ladies and gentlemen, coming up uh, later this week, ladies and gentlemen. So you might want to stay tuned uh, as far as that goes. Um, let's see. What else could we get into uh, tonight? Like I said, of course, a lot going on. Of course, uh, like I said, with uh, what's happening, of course, this week, of course, uh, as you know, the Super Bowl road, of course, to Houston is beginning this week after what happened earlier this week, however, with uh, two of the teams that we did not think would be making the Super Bowl. Well, one of the teams we kind of knew that would be making appearance back in the Super Bowl is kind of back in it again. What do you think about Atlanta, though, man? I'll tell you what. I think they're going to give New England a game in the Super Bowl. This is going to give me my thoughts right now. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good Super Bowl. I mean... Atlanta wowed me the other day when I saw them play. I mean, for them to what they did this postseason by just destroying Green Bay and literally shredding Seattle like that, I think that Green Bay better be, or excuse me, not Green Bay, I think New England Tom Brady be, better be very, very careful who they're messing with going into the Super Bowl. I really think they're going to be red, red hot. Yeah, he, he's been playing phenomenal. I mean, he had almost 400 yards the other day. They jumped out at like, 24 nothing on them in the first half, literally, and they just absolutely just kiboshed them to no end, however. That one receiver, I can't remember his name. Julio Jones? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt Ryan to Julio Jones, holy cow. Yeah, I I think New England better be very careful going into the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. They're gonna be double coverage him. They're gonna oh, be yes, all they over will. him. And you know what though? Even if they do double cover him, Heller, and I know they're going to going into the uh, game on uh, next Sunday, obviously. I think the person that uh, right now that they better watch out for, not just Rogers, Heller, not just or excuse me, not Rogers, not just Ryan and Jones. But I think the one person they better watch out for, if I'm New England, Howard, another guy I would watch out very carefully could be Freeman, their running back. He can run. Yeah, he's he, pretty he, good. He too. can get some nice uh, – I mean, he didn't have a great game the other day, granted, only 42 yards running. But still, you hand him that ball, he'll take it right up the middle, right, I'm gonna pass, right burn you every single time. And like I said, the Patriots are nothing to sneeze at either. I mean, as much as I'm not a Brady supporter at times, Howard, and I can be – a little vengeful against the man. He is still going to go down as one of the greatest, if not one of the top three quarterbacks of all time. He showed what he did against Pittsburgh the other day. And, of course, there's news in Pittsburgh here now. There's talk maybe, and I don't know if it's just a silly rumor, but there has been some talk that uh, Roethlisberger's thinking about maybe hanging up. Whether that happens or not, I really don't know. Really? Yeah, there was talk about it today. He said something about it today. Uh, he's 34. Uh, I don't know. If, I mean, right now, if I'm the Steelers, however, the big question looking into the offseason, obviously, is going to be we need a backup quarterback. Our backups are nothing right now. And I think if I'm the Steelers right now, I look at a backup maybe to draft this season. I mean, like I said, Ben's going to be um, – let me pull up his stats here. I think he's going to be uh, 35 in March. If he's I'm been not in the league for a while, right? Or... Yeah, since 2004. He's been in the league – since 2004, yeah, he'll be 35 this year, coming up uh, in early March. So, and the thing is, he made he made he is for his salary is about 18 million a season, believe it or not. So, I mean, he's been only, he's he he got paid 17.7, almost 18 million this year. Holy shit! Yeah, he's and like I said, the Sporting News, however, uh, even said today, however, uh, right now. Ben Roethlisberger reminds the Steelers it's high time that they draft a quarterback early, maybe. And like I said, there has been talk how he did talk about what happened last week. Obviously, it was a rough week for him, obviously. And uh, also, uh, it just wasn't one of his weeks. But at the same time, like I said, he's had a lot of bumps and bruises over the last few years. I mean, as far like I said, he had the motorcycle accident that happened back in the day, of course. That was back in 06, a couple of years into his career. Then, of course, you heard all about the sexual assault matter back in 09 and 2010. And then, of course, that suit was then settled in 2011. Then another incident occurred one year later in Georgia. And then, of Isn't course... is kind of early to retire at 34, though? Yeah, it kind of is. But at the same time, I mean, he's been married, however. I'm looking at stats here. I mean, he has been married, of course, uh, really. Over, I mean, he got married, uh, like I said here, where was it? He got married, however, uh, back in... Uh, about five years, almost yeah, five years ago. Uh, it'll be six years this July. Plus, uh, he has two kids. His one son uh, just turned uh, four years old back in November. Uh, well, maybe that's why. Maybe wants to hang it up. Then. Right, and then uh, they had a daughter uh, who will be two, three years old this March, a few weeks after his birthday. And then his son, his second son, they have three children actually, and his second son was born just last May. So I oh. mean. Yeah, he, he's become a busy man. His wife's pretty hot too. You, you would like if, if, if you would definitely like his wife. His wife's very. I would very have to Google her. Yeah, she, her name is. If I can pull up the name, I just saw it. I'll, I'll tell you right now. Hold on. Her name is. Where is it? Uh, 
Ashley Harlan, she's a physician assistant from Newcastle, which is about 45 minutes away from me. Well, you know, a half hour, 40 minutes away from me. But yeah, I, in fact, how are looking also, believe it or not, his sister uh, played women's basketball at one time for the University of Oklahoma back in the day. He also, referring to Ben, also, uh, believe it or not, has his own line of barbecue sauce called Big Ben's BBQ, believe it or not. And if that's not all, he also... Yeah, he's hot. Yeah. He uh, returned to Miami University back in 2012 to complete his college degree with a Bachelor of Science in Education. So, like Troy Polamalu, however, believe it or not, however, uh, he takes his education very seriously how off the field. But like I said, he's had a lot of issues outside of the football field. But uh, when he was in college, three years he was in college, I'm looking at the stats here, this was going to blow your mind. He played a total of 38 games in three years, completed 854 of 1,304, 65.5% percentage, 10,829 career yards, including 4,486 in 2003, uh, where he threw 37 touchdowns, 80 for his career, 23 picks, however, believe it or not, however, uh, during his career, and only 10 that year. So he had quite an interesting uh, career in three years, however, with uh, the Miami, Ohio Redskins. In fact, however, uh, most games in the season with 200 yards passing in 2003, he set a record with 14 of them. Consecutive games in the season with 200 yards passing, 14, as I mentioned. Uh, most pass attempts in a three-year career, 1,304 from a 1 to a 3. Most pass attempts a season in college, 495 and 03. Most completions in a career, 854. Most completions in a season, 3.2 that last year, 03. Most pass completions, as I mentioned, 41. Most passing yards, 10,829 in a career. Most passing yards in a season, which was 03, as I mentioned. Most passing yards in a game at one time, 525. Most passing touchdowns, career, 84. Touchdowns, uh, 37 and 03. Most passing touchdowns in a game, 5. Most total offensive yards are from a 103 in a career, 11,075. Most total offense yards in a season, 4,597. Most total offense yards per game, 485. 300-yard uh, passing plus games in his college career, 14. Most games with four touchdown passes, seven. Most 400-yard passing games in college with four. Highest completion uh, career minimum of 300 attempts, 65.5% in a 1-2-0-3 through his three years. And in 2003, with 100 throws, a uh, minimum of 100 throws, he completed 69% of his passing. So he's had quite a, he had quite the career in uh, college, no doubt about it. Now, in the NFL, it's a different story. As far as the NFL goes, uh, he's had quite a career, I think, with the NFL. Uh, I'm just going to pull up the stats here. Uh, he has completed... 3,804 out of 5,932 uh, completions, 64%. Uh, 46,814 career total passing yards, pass rating of 94, 301 touchdowns compared to 160 interceptions, believe it or not. So, uh, And as far as comebacks, game-winning drives in the fourth quarter overtime, uh, here's some uh, amazing stats. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Um, We'll look at his records real quick here. I mean, there's a lot of records here. Higher passer rating in the postseason, 84.5%. Uh, highest completion percentage of minimum of 50 attempts, 61.3%. Most pass attempts achieved during the 04 season, 295. Most pass completions, 196. Highest completion, completion percentage, I should say, excuse me, 66.4%. Most passing yards, 2621. Most touchdown passes, this is all during 2004's rookie year, 17. Highest yards per attempt, 8.88. 
highest passer rating, 98.1, wins as a starting quarterback, 13. Single game records, now this is going to blow your mind with some of the game, single game records. Most touchdown passes in a game, however, six against the Indy Colts back in October of 2014 and again the following week against Baltimore. The highest completion minimum of 20 attempts, however, against the Miami Dolphins on Monday Night Football in November 2007, completed 85.7% or 18 out of 21. He tied for the most consecutive passes completed in a single game with 15, completing 15 straight in November of that same game against Miami. Bobby Brister, of course, this is a big guy who always got ripped on at Pittsburgh no matter what, also completed the same in October of 89 against the Detroit Lions, so he tied that mark. Most pass completions... 40 of 49 for 522 against the Colts that year, the game against when he threw the six touchdowns, and then also the single game passing record. Now, season records 67.1% 2014 was his highest completion percentage. Most touchdown passes in 2007 and 14 with 32. Highest touchdown pass percentage 7.92% in 07. Highest yards per highest yards per attempt in 05. His second year 8.9. Highest passer rating in 07, 104.1. Most passing yards in a season, 4,952 and 14. Most 200-yard passing games, 15 and 14. Nine with 300-yard passing games. Two and 09 and 14 with 400-yard passing games. And one and 09 and 14 with 500-yard passing games. Uh, tied uh, uh, most four-plus touchdown passing games with three and 07. Most three-plus touchdown passing games with 5 and 07 and 09. Most pass completions, 408 in 2014. Fewest interceptions with minimum of 10 attempts per game with 5 in 2010. And the lowest interception percentage, negative 1.29% in 2010, as he had five interceptions on 389 attempts. So that's pretty damn good there. Um, like I said, however, uh, he... Passed Terry Bradshaw for most passing yards for a Steelers quarterback in October 2012. And in December of the following year, he passed him for most touchdowns for a Steelers quarterback as well. Um, now, career records, uh, including the 10-5 playoff uh, record, he is 119-59 with a percentage of 67%. Highest pass rate minimum attempts of 94.0. Highest completion percentage minimum, minimum 100, excuse me, minimum 100 attempts. 63.9%, highest yards per attempt, minimum of 100 attempts, uh, 7.93, longest pass completion ever, 95-yard touchdown to Mike Wallace back in October of 11 against the Arizona Cardinals, most time sacked 429, most pass completions 3298, most 200-yard passing games, including nine playoff games, 124, most 300-yard passing games, including one playoff game, 41, most consecutive games, with 300 yards passing, uh, three from October 23rd through November 6th of 2011, and then from November October 26th, 2014, three years later, to November 19th of 2014, and from November 30th, 2014, till the day before my birthday, December 14th of 2014, so the day before my uh, whatever birthday it was two years ago. Uh, most 500-yard passing games, 400-yard passing games with seven. Most 500-yard passing games with two. Nine years from 06 to 14 with 3,000-yard passing seasons. Uh, same as most consecutive, uh, like I said there. Uh, most 4,000-yard passing seasons with 4, 09, 11, 13, and 14. Most consecutive 4,000-yard passing seasons, 2, 2013, and 2014. Most 3-plus three plus, three plus touchdown passing games, including one playoff game, 31 times. Nine times, four, uh, 
with most four-plus touchdown passing games, most five-plus touchdown passing games with four, most six touchdown passing games with two, most consecutive games with a TD pass, 30 from September 9, 2012 through September 7, two years later, 23 most fourth-quarter comeback wins, believe it or not. Uh, so he's up there with Brady and some of those guys. Most games with a pass rating over 100 regular season, a minimum of 10 attempts, 66 times. Most games with a perfect pass rating, negative 3. Most games with 40-plus pass attempts, 34, negative 34, I should say. Most games with 20-plus completions, 80. Most games with 30-plus completions, negative 11. Biggest contract in Steelers history, 8 years, $102 million. So uh, there you go. Most games with a completion percentage of at least 60%. Minus 109, and most games with completion percentage of at least 70%, minus 46. So, yeah, he's he's accomplished a lot, you know. I mean, like I said, he ain't no slouch. So, I mean, if he wants to hang it up, more power to him. But like I said, we're going to definitely be watching this very, very carefully. Um, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, I know I, we, uh, we talked more football than wrestling time. But, hey, I mean, that's okay. Sometimes we like to do that here on the show. Um, before we go, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to ask Gerard if he has any closing remarks to close us out with. I got two things, uh, that, uh, please, uh, Trent seven, Tyler Bates and Pete Dunn were supposed to, uh, do shows, I think in the United Kingdom, but they were all canceled. So Hmm. this is believing this is speculation at all this is all that is but yeah if they cancel shows they all can't wrestle this weekend maybe yeah. they'll show up at nxt and do a triple threat for the uk title now that would be awesome yeah they could throw that out as a bonus match oh yes i would agree i would definitely agree because uh we've also heard i mean uh we heard also yesterday that kurt angle's been uh was supposed i was to just gonna say summer. that too yeah kurt angle was supposed to do appearances and he was canceled too and he might show up as a guest yes for, uh yeah, Rumble, so. yeah. He he keeps he's 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 been saying the last day or so that he's not going to be there. He's not going to be there. But I, I just I don't think that's that's necessarily true. I think he will well, be there. He can't he can't say if he's there or not because Vince will like like because there's it's supposed to be a surprise, right? Right. I think right uh, now I think he's trying to keep a low key. Yes. Well, Kevin Nash said that too when he was in the Rumble that year. They caught him at the airport. All these reporters go. Nash, you're gonna be in the rumble and he right. his hair and everything and he's like, No, no, no I'm Well let me ask it. you this real quick here as we're gonna go a little bit past the o'clock hour here for a few minutes anyway. Let me ask you, if besides Kurt, what other surprises do you think we could see at the Rumble this Sunday? As well, far as I heard Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. I've been hearing a lot about that, yep. Um other than that, uh Do we see maybe Samoa Joe? Yeah, Samoa Joe, yeah. Uh, I would like to see Shawn Michaels, but that probably won't happen. But I would like to see it, though. Yes, I would, too. I would agree. I would like to see uh, maybe uh, EDP or Kevin Nash. Maybe Rob Van Dam. I think think the the roof would blow off the place if you've seen Scott Hall come out. Oh, my God, yes. Yes. I think he's... He's uh, pretty good shape now that he could come out and do yeah. you no know, jump in the rumble for a couple, couple minutes. minutes. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and, and not just when you mentioned those guys. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Maybe Jim Duggan. 
It's possible, yeah. Uh, I was thinking Rob Van Dam. won the first one, why not throw him in there? Exactly, I was just going to say that to you. And this is the, this is, remember this is, the rumble. Right, exactly. And not only that, what about Rob Van Dam? You can put Mr. Monday Night back in there for a little bit, too. Oh, I would. Um, that, I would, too. That would be awesome. Is Mark Henry going to be in? I haven't heard yet. I know he's been. Uh, I mean, I haven't seen him on television for a while. I know he was on TV a few, about a month, a month and a half ago, and he was really looking pretty good the last time we saw him on TV. But is I don't he know if he's. Uh, yeah, he's from Silsby, which isn't too far from San Antonio. It would make sense, you know. I thought he was going to actually be. I mean, he hasn't. I don't know if he's injured right now or he's still recovering from his injuries. Or right now they have no storyline for him, which is a shame because I mean he hasn't been on TV in a match in maybe three or four months which is a shame, and I think they could do so much more, you know. Big Show going in the Rumble, or? Yeah, he said last night he he's put his name into the Rumble. Yeah, he tweeted out yesterday morning, right before Raw. Yeah, he did uh, on the Facebook page of WWE. He says Man, he's, he's looking uh, pretty good. Oh, he is, in, he is in fantastic shape from what I saw last night. I mean, I was blown away a couple months ago when I first saw him starting to lose the weight, but last night when I saw him on Raw, I was even more impressed. I'm like, if he's, I mean, he said prior to this thing with Shaq, however, he was planning on losing some weight. He needed to get, uh, he needed, to, he wanted to lose weight. He wanted to trim down a little bit, and I'll tell you what, Right now, the last I heard, I mean, I think the last time before we saw him last night on television, he was announced at uh, like 420, maybe 375, 380 or something like that, maybe 370. I'll tell you right now, he looks like he's about maybe 345 or 340. He may have dropped another 20, 30 pounds. I mean, he looks like he's in really fantastic shape, and that's good. That's good to see because Big Show still has that smile across his face. And I think now if he's about 330 or maybe 340, that's going to set up the match with him and Shaq and that fun-loving match there at WrestleMania all the more better, I feel. It really is. It's going to be a lot another, But the thing is with Big Show, like yeah. there's been so many gimmick matches at WrestleMania over the years, right? Sure. Like, and this is just another one. Yeah. Just, uh, well, this might be his last one, too, because, I mean, I've been hearing a lot of skill about just like Henry. I think he's ready to hang it up. I, th- I mean, he's been in the business 20 years. I think he's ready to finally just say, you know what, I'm done. You know, And if he is done like Mark Henry is, and I think both of those guys will be done real soon, both of them together, I think, I think WWE put him over in the Rumble. Or not the Rumble, WrestleMania, sorry, I meant. Right, I agree. And you know what I would also do, however, if I'm Vince McMahon in the management, I would also consider maybe putting those guys on, keeping those guys on maybe like as trainers or being like uh, teachers, you know, like mentors for the young guys. Yeah. I mean, I mean, most of the young guys are respect both of those guys. I mean, some people do, some people, you know, it depends on which superstar you are. But these are guys, however, who have busted their asses over 20 years, however, and have come up the hard way, you know. A lot of uh, people say uh, you have it rough, you have it rough, Howard, and that's not necessarily true. Excuse me, that's I'm not going to say I meant to say that is true, not necessarily true. My mistake. But still, if you're looking for two young guys, however, who maybe want to teach the up and coming superstars, like say the Nakamoras, the uh, Samoa Joes, even though they've been in the business a while, the Bobby Roots, however, I mean, I would consider maybe putting these two guys as maybe trainers down in NXT or maybe up on the roster in, like, uh, some type of uh, office role. You know, I think it'd be pretty cool to see both those guys take uh, some side jobs in the office, maybe, if they give them a chance. Yeah, that would we'll be see. Yeah, we'll definitely see. Well, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take you out tonight, Howard, with another great song here, Howard. And it's only fitting, Howard. This is a good one, Howard, as I picked this one, Howard. This is uh, 
that you, a song that was used to be played on the old NFL film show, and it's entitled The Pony Soldiers from the great Sam Spence. If you will, we will be back in less than an hour. Gerard and I will have more news for you, of course, and I do want to thank him for coming on the line. I want to thank you all for coming on the line. We'll be back again next Tuesday, same time, same place, but we'll also be back in less than an hour. Same number, one seven two four 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 seventy forty four. Call ID 138055-POUND. Here it's 139926-POUND. So... Right now, we're going to take you out with our song tonight. We will be back in the ring very soon. However, we hope you have a good night, everyone, and we'll talk to you soon. So for the king, this is the Iceman saying so long from ringside, and we'll talk to you soon. Good night, everyone. It's coming. Just a sec. So hold on. <laughs>